A final word, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in the dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Ephesians 6, 10-12 Strikers, welcome back to the Mighty Anvil. About to start on the armor of God. God, you are my smith. Forge me into the servant that you would have me be. Hit me hard enough to brush the scale and impurities from my life. Draw out my life to the length that you would have it. Make me tough enough to resist persecution, and temper me so that I am hard enough to withstand my temptations. Lord, as I go through life, put me back in the fire from time to time to repair me as I get blemished with sin. And when my life is over, and the fires of life are all quenched, grant me a home with you in heaven. Amen. Amen. Alan. Yeah. How are you doing, sir? I'm uh, I'm good. I'm, I'm doing well. You know, the baby, she's uh, starting to, you know, make her noises and find her voice and still making dunk. Tons of diapers. I didn't realize how many, like, <laughs> with Isaiah, it was like, oh, we diapers. And then this one was like, what? But, I mean, it's, I'm sure it's the same amount. It's just, just, yeah, you don't remember them like that, huh? Uh, no, not like that. And you haven't gotten sick on her yet right after changing no. the diaper? Okay. <laughs> no, she's... Long she's story, had, she's, but we'll... Yeah. She's had some moments where you're just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, but, uh, no, all good. What do we got uh, going on at Grace... Let's Point see. Family Church. At Grace Point Family Church, we've got marriage night coming up on Saturday at 6.30 on uh, March the 12th. Um, that is going to be held at Grace Place uh, at 505 North Powell Parkway in Anna, Texas. Um, for any couple that's married or thinking about getting married, you're close to it, um, come join us, check it out, and uh, have some fun. Right on. So, uh, ELC, we have March 17th, the She Gathering. March 19th, we have a food drive going on. Uh, Embrace events uh, coming up April 29th through May 1st. Adopt a family camp out at Lake Whitney State Park. And uh, I think what I was hearing is they got like 42 families going in there right now and doing that camp out thing. So that's pretty exciting. Very cool. Uh, June 8th is a Child to Family Connection adoption event uh, at Prestonwood Baptist Church. And uh, that's where you can get connected in uh, when you're ready to either A, uh, volunteer in helping out foster families or becoming a foster family yourself. So those are the two things coming up. A little bit of good news coming up. Uh, well, in the process of we had a meeting last week in regards to how ELC is connecting with Embrace. So mm-hmm. we will be moving forward here pretty soon. So everybody at ELC, when you're listening, uh, you know, pay attention to what's coming up with Embrace. We're going to have a wall of kids coming up to where you can kind of see how we're helping them. Uh, There are opportunities for us to serve foster families within the church. Uh, So, yeah, uh, those are some exciting events coming up. Very cool. Uh, Last but not least, um, like I've said this before in all the other podcasts, um, but in Anna, Grace Place is our permanent food bank in Anna, Texas. So anybody that finds themselves to be food insecure, uh, feel free to, to stop by. It is open Monday and Wednesday from 4 to 7 p.m. And then also Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon. Um, 
show up. We'll get you. We'll have a little shopping area. You can walk around, pick out what you're going to eat, and uh, that way you can go home and uh, hopefully with some full stomachs. Mm, I like full stomachs. <laughs> Alan, who do we got with us today? Ah, uh, today. On the price is right. <laughs> Come on down. <laughs> oh. Today we have uh, Mr. Alistair Hunt. He is a small business owner. Uh, whoops. He's even he, got a podcast of his own. Yeah, he's yeah. Yeah, a small business owner. He's got a podcast of his own, The Tech and the Cowboy. And um, I've known I've known him a short time uh, from uh, the men's meetings we have at Grace Place and uh, and also Grace Point Family Church. You have two kids. and Three, three kids. Three kids. Whoops. Two kids that live with me. One, okay. one that's grown. Oh, bonus. thinks he's yeah. grown. <laughs> they all do. I twenty two, twenty two. You know that. Age. Yeah, right. Don't you, you know it. You knew everything at twenty two. Oh man, right? I, you could tell me anything yeah. from twenty to twenty five. Yeah. You could tell me nothing. Yeah, and uh, he also has a lovely wife that is in child, children's ministry. Yes. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. I spent 13 years in children's ministry, and then uh, it was time to get out and get into uh, media at church. So. Oh, fun time. She yes. deals with the little bitty, the toddlers. She loves that. That's Threes best. and fours were where my thing was. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Nice. Oh, yeah. Y'all would get along I was well. like this huge, uh, giant jungle gym uh, for oh. the kids. It seemed like the first couple of years. I, I still like, am. Just, I, yeah. It's ants just crawling up, ants. you know, neck, <laughs> neck level, yeah. neck level. She, she was a teacher person, and this was her passion. She moved into this. She actually kind of got out of teaching and then uh this was a calling for her out of the blue and okay and she loves it she's six years now that she's been doing that oh, so, right on yeah, that's right cool. on nice and what church does she uh work at custer road united methodist church in plano okay. mm-hmm. methodist similar to i feel like when i went it was similar to a catholic church some of the doctrine and you know like the stuff you'll recognize from it but not as strict in the belief system there's not a fire and brimstone part of that, that gotcha that goes along with it but but yeah so and the methodist that we go is, is kind of uh we have a modern worship and then we have the traditional worship so you can go with the traditional methodist side and then you can go with the more you know contemporary methodist side in the same church which is pretty cool yeah very, very yeah. cool all right so uh we are a core value led podcast so yeah. our core values are growth Ah, oh, that was good. That was it. That was, that was, the that, one that I was, was yours. Say, I, yeah. I took, I took the easy one from you. Ah, oh, Brotherhood, Lineman. Brotherhood, yes. and Growth. intentionality. Intentionality. Those are our three uh, core values for here. Um, and it happens to be for me. My personal core values are love, honor, and legacy. And then those are my top three. And then my bottom three are ones that are core values that I want to work on this year. And intentionality there is one. Uh, I always work on perseverance. And then I uh, haven't looked at the la- the latter one. I've got I've got them written on my mirror so that I don't forget them. But I forgot the I've got the first the last one. I think it's character. Yeah. So there we go. But it's just things that uh, that lead you in all your decisions. So core values. Okay. So me going to this strip club tonight is that lining up with my yeah. legacy? Is that lining up with my love? And uh, so yeah, so that's kind of where we're going with that, and I feel like we need to focus on our core values and and live our life through our core values, and not just. I've had conversations before where, yeah, you know, hey, w- what about your core values? Well, we all have core values. That was something that they said, but I I, I pushed back and was like, yeah, but do your decisions on a daily basis reflect your core values yeah. and so that's something that uh we like to look forward to and sometimes we hear some unusual ones so we've had uh play yeah we've had play we've had vacation yeah uh, vacation we, is a core value grit yeah so uh one of my what was uh yeah i can't remember there was a we had a pastor on a couple of weeks a couple of months ago that uh 
going out on a limb. What are we thinking about? What's the word? It was Pastor Brad Wilkerson. Brad, Brad Wilkerson, and he one of his core values that we talked on oh. was risk. 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 Yes, it was risk. Mm. Yes, stepping out on a limb and uh, taking the risk for God. Nice. And uh, that was one of the one of the coolest, uh, most unique ones that we've had. So, wow. so when you hear that, uh, and you'd ask the questions about core values, it's yeah. kind of a new thought process for you. Yeah, not really. So, purpose, okay. purpose, balance, and legacy would be my three. Boom. Okay. Yeah, for this year, I've been putting my growth and, and completion are the two. I put them on my wrist on my band, so that way it keeps them in front of me at oh, all times. Okay. Uh, and that way, I can, like you said, as you're going through life, you got to think about. Completion, same thing that we talked about, kind of off mic, starting stuff, and not necessarily giving it a hundred percent. It's exciting being able to have new projects, new things to be able to jump into. Mm-hmm. Um, but is are you leaving stuff on the table with the other things that you're working with? That's kind of one of the things I've been working on the past five or six years or so. Um, and then the growth, always looking in different areas, family, business, uh, you know, leadership, growing in those areas, my businesses. How am I growing in those areas? Because if you're not growing, then of course you're you're something. Even though when it looks like it is that you're stable, you're really falling off. So making mm-hmm. sure that there's always growth in different areas of my life. So those would be those would be the, the primary thing. And balance, balance of life is always yes. everything, right? Oh, balance yeah. between work and family, and the the order that I put them in is God first, then spouse second, and then after that comes all of the other businesses and the things that you need to be able to to do, and then emotions last. Um, because if you lead with emotions, then you're going to be in trouble. But if you put that at the at the bottom, then then you're you're good to go. So I like the order. Mm-hmm. Uh, my order is uh, God. It's kind of weird. This one is uh, like self. Like I believe that a healthy me is the best gift I can yeah, give anybody. Well, so well, working, you know, towards what God wants me to be, and then working on myself, and then my wife, and my kids, and then my tribe. Uh, but we've gotten a little bit kickback from this house. It's a different story here but um yeah <laughs> i so, love it i love that how the spouses up there a lot of people they rate the kids before the spouse it's interesting that that always leads to a mm-hmm. great conversation about there it. might be someone in this household that rates the kids above all else a, even above themselves and a, a i think majority. yeah i think that the, that kind of leads to not an order and can kind of c- cause confusion uh, with your children as well. So well, I'm Jim, living that Jim out. Everyone always says if mom and dad are okay, the kids are okay, no matter what. But if you can't reverse that order, right? Yep, yep, you know, yeah. mom and dad aren't okay. You think the kids are okay, but they see everything and they, and they feel everything mm-hmm. that you think that you're hiding. And, and that really hit me when I first heard that. Uh, but one of my mentors really hammered into me that, that order whenever he was mentoring me. He was one of those military type mentors, which I needed at the time. Uh, and, and that was part of his balance of life equation. And everything was about businesses and making sure everything was okay. I grew up in uh, Caribbean. My dad's Caribbean, right? And as long as it is that I'm providing, then everything else should fall into order. It's kind of that was the culture. Hmm. Uh, and so I found myself falling into that that culture too, as long as it is that I'm providing. Uh, but that seeing other men that didn't successfully run their families the way that I wanted to run my family, follow that equation. I said, there has to be something else. So I just explored that and and kind of uh, grew from there. And then he, he hammered into me, yeah, you got it backwards, so let's put it in this order. And that was a game changer. It was a life changer for me. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Uh, one, we Just a fun question, and I, I think I switched it up on you, the, mm. the question I added. But uh, when, it's funny. So we have a, a Spotify playlist that mm. we add our, you know, our guest music to. And uh, 
a lot of people are super spiritual on it. And we had a couple of brothers that uh, put Rush on there as far as a, a song. So it doesn't necessarily have to be spiritual all the time. But uh, when you listen to music, what's, what do you fall to? When I listen to music, what do I fall to? Oh, gosh, I'm an old school. <laughs> well, it's funny because I used to be a DJ, right? So I listen to a little bit of everything. From, this, from the spiritual side, I like the old school gospel songs. Like, so I'm falling back to the Kirk Franklin and, <laughs> and going to some of that stuff. When I'm on the uh, secular side, I like the old school R&B and, and uh, the rap music. So I still go to that. But I, I, like you, I, I very much now look at what affects my spirit. So some of the stuff I used to listen to and I used to DJ with, I can't listen to now. It just it hits me a different way, right? And and when my twelve year old, he's a DJ now too, um, and he's been a DJ for three years, and he only does Christian music and edited secular music. So we're editing for context and we're editing for language as well. Mm. And makes you listen to music a whole different way, right? whatever it is that you're listening for him, and then also listening for the people. Because he does a lot of youth groups, he does a lot of church groups, but you got to listen for for everything, and that's really hard in music nowadays. Because this uh, <laughs> very edgy yeah. in multiple ways, right? It is. It's very interesting that you said that because uh, the past couple of weeks I've been going through a little bit of thing. Uh, usually, listen to I have a playlist that's uh, usually Christian music, yeah. and that's kind of you know uh, elevation, uh, upper room, that kind of yeah. stuff. And absolutely love it. And I find my spirits are, are good. You know, I'm in a good mood. I'm rolling with things and things are just flowing. And then uh, I had a concert to go to in January. And so I was kind of listening to the album. And the album uh, is, uh, or the band, is The War on Drugs. And uh, it's not exactly uplifting music. It's right. not. I mean, it's not real sad, but it changed my mood. And my yeah. wife was like, hey, what's going on with you? It's like, I don't have a clue, but it took a couple of days. Like, oh, I changed my music and it's a little on the sadder side and the mopier side. And here I am a little sad mopey. And it's, it's, it's weird how it affects you. I remember, I was going to say, I remember one time uh, when Shannon, she went to she time and she came home and she was talking about one of the topics, one of the women said from stage and it was talking about music and being careful about what it is you're listening to, because what you're listening to is what you're reciting in your head. And when you're reciting, I mean, how many times you you hear a song, you're like, oh, I'm going to put that on repeat. I love that song. And you, it's on repeat. It's on repeat. And now you're just starting to learn the lyrics and everything. And now, and you're, you're reciting it all over in your head. And it's like, well, what are you actually telling yourself? Yeah. You know, what are we actually telling ourselves? What are our kids actually listening to? Is it uplifting music? Is it, you know. Rage Against the Machine, or yeah, I'm sorry. I love Rage Against the Machine. Yeah, <laughs> just, just, but you know, and, we'll and, the, be. and the way yeah. that my brain learns is is music is the, is the connection for everything to yeah. me. Like it's it's a spiritual connection as much as it is a listening connection. But I learned in college that I'm not a memorization guy. Like I can't just sit down and memorize something. I there's some kind of disconnect in mind. Like I know scripture and I know the Bible, but if you were to tell me like what is Ephesians six, <laughs> you know, even though I know it my whole life and I have it up there, it's just not how my brain works but you put it to music and i can't get rid of it like i hear something and i memorize it and i know all the lyrics to these songs i never never tried to memorize it's just my way worked that so the way in college i learned how to study was if i'm listening to a playlist and i'm studying at the same time i can actually go through that playlist and recall the information what yeah i've heard that based on whatever song it is that i was listening to I wish I would have known that before my junior year in college, my GPA would have been higher when I graduated. But I noticed that whenever I studied with music, I was retaining more than if I just tried to 
cram and, and you know, get all mm. this stuff in. And it's a creative learning brain versus a linear learning brain. You know mm. what I mean? And, mm. and my roommate, he would go out and party and he'd come and look at it once and go ace it. It drove me nuts <laughs> how it is that his learning style was. And I could cram all night. I can study all week. And it's I'm going fair. out and know the information. I'm just not good at tests the way that they. You're like, can I listen it. to music while yeah. I? Right, take but this I can, but I can. I know all the, the the songs and the lyrics, so I can actually literally go through the playlist in my mind, hmm. and then I would be like, hey, I was studying this, and then I can actually recall it that way. So for me, music is as much about how my brain works, so I can get just as emotionally pumped up from Al Green as I can from listening to you know all the different Air One and listen to all the different stuff. But certain music, and I learned this as a DJ too. I can control the crowd and how the energy of the crowd based on the music yep, I play. Yep. There oh, were yeah. songs that we called Instructions to Fight songs, the Little John and all that kind of stuff that you knew just based on the energy and what the song was saying that there was going to be a fight that broke she out. She told me. Guaranteed. Shannon told me back in the day. I know we're going off topic. Shannon told me back in the day there was a club that, they, that she would go to when she was younger. And she's like, Any, this one song, there was every time they played the song, yeah. there was a fight. You knew. Every single time. I mean... Crowd's going great. Women are out there dancing. Guys are out dancing. Everybody's having a good time. This one song comes on. There's a fight. And then it the, was Little John too. Yeah, yeah. And the, <laughs> and the music that, that people listen to, going, getting ready to go to the club, but already get them hyped up, so they walk in looking mm-hmm. for something. So think about that on a positive side. If you're listening to uplifting music, if you're listening to music that pours into your spirit, and it helps you whatever it is that you're going through then it can have the same effect on the opposite side. And that's what really made me show that, you know, I would always, if I played one of those songs, I always play a slow dance song. I'd be like, guys, calm down, you know, go dance with somebody. Right? You yeah. know what I mean? And it would defuse. Y'all don't cut it out and I'm putting on yeah. Whitney Houston. I'm like, you got all these pretty ladies in here. Y'all going to fight each other? Really? Are you thinking about what you're doing? It always yeah. diffuse the situation. Or I play some reggae or I play something that, you know, got everything moving and I knew how to diffuse. But I had made a rule to the wherever whoever I was doing the venue. I'm not going to play more than those three of those songs at the same time because I guarantee you sometimes when we make it to three, it's going to somebody's going to step on somebody's shoes. Somebody's going to accidentally bump into somebody and spill the drink. But your your spirits are in that zone. Yeah. So it's all intentional. You don't even know it. Right. So <laughs> well, you brought up something, a learning method. And yeah, I'm not necessarily off topic because it's where so with Mighty Men that I was mentioning to you earlier, we have started to uh, have a weekly memory verse. And I don't, like, I hate to speak that over me, but I have a hard time remembering or learning or memorizing verses. I can tell you the general, you know, knowledge or the general yeah, the thought process yeah, behind yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But, but the words... Dude, I don't know. So maybe we need to find a, a, a rapper yeah, or yeah, a, a singer or that just sings... These uh, verses to us so that I can. You could you could always use Rush. Yeah, hey, Rush. <laughs> but it's a Rush. Have a Rush instrumental and put the verse to it, yeah. and, and there you go. And it might actually stick. May There's I actually su- a guy who does that trees. though on YouTube. Oh really? He has, yeah, he's faith based. He does all of his stuff to to music or whatever else. And I was like, dude, where was this? Whatever it is, I was growing up mm. trying to learn the books of the Bible and everything, and he puts it to like a hip hop sound, but it's not corny. It actually sounds like. You could tell that he could have been a rapper in another life. He send, just chose to use it this me. way. Yeah, I'm going to have to find it and yeah. send it to you because uh, my son was listening to it. And I was like, where was this? I would have been great in Bible class. you know. Right? <laughs> Instead, I was the guy who was like, uh, <laughs> flipping through the Bible real quick to be able to find it. The it's phone's just, a lot quieter now. You don't have to hear the, hear the pages turn. <laughs> I was talking to the pastor the other day, and I was like, this is what you have to be careful of. Because when you say, hey, you know what John did you know, back in... And some people are like, mm, no, I don't. <laughs> you know, I mean, you have to provide context because different people learn different mm-hmm. ways and different people are different 
levels in their faith journey and their knowledge journey. We just assume that people are at the same level that we are, but sometimes you have to, and you, it, I don't want to say dumb it down, but sometimes we have to kind of bring it back a little bit so that way they can get the full context of what it is that we're yeah. talking about. You know the Bible, you know the scripture, that's great, but you have a brand new Christian who's thirsty and wants to be able to to know more, and now you just made them feel like it is that they're not enough. And that's the worst feeling that you can have in any situation, but especially in a spiritual situation. And it may be just enough to be able to to turn them off and say, oh, I'll never be as, as knowledgeable or as, as good as he is. So, you know, what does God think about me? Yeah. Mm, that's a hard, that's a, that's a, not a good question to ask. <laughs> he <laughs> not loves at us. All. He not loves us. All. He loves us no matter what, unconditionally, right? <laughs> so, Alan, um, Alistair, we are uh, getting into the armor of God, which... I will just confess to everybody I'm a little sad because I lost the physical when we so when we were when I was putting this together I wanted to go over the physical aspect of armor and then then we go through the spiritual side and I lost the audio to the video so I'm still looking maybe we can pull this out at the end of uh, the six episodes it's there I, I speak that it's there I, I just yeah. there somewhere on your computer I, I I'll receive that. I'll receive that. But uh, today, so we're going over the helmet, helmet of salvation. Helmet of salvation, mm. and what does that actually mean? Um, I've never broken apart this verse. This is exciting to me. Yeah, it's so, one of my favorites. But 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 tearing it apart is is really fun. What does salvation mean to you? So so this is interesting, right? So salvation for me is uh, the ultimate sacrifice that that God made, you know, giving his son here on earth to be able to, to die for us, to be able to atone for all of our sins. And so salvation to me is something that you accept that God did for you and that Jesus made the sacrifice for you. Salvation is something that you can actually share with other people, the power of it, uh, and the, the story and the, and the meaning of it, uh, so they can accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your savior as well. Um, and then uh, salvation is something that you you kind of live by, you know. If, if if this ultimate sacrifice is made for you, it just kind of pales everything else in comparison that you may be going through or that you may be suffering. And Jesus very much lived the all of the life that we're all the different challenges that we have. He's already been through and giving you in Scripture how it is to be able to overcome them. So, yeah, I mean, it, re- it really is if you think about it. Uh, I mean, he's he's been tempted. Yep, he's been. Uh, Persecuted, obviously. Yep. Um, anything that we've had to yeah, people deal deceive with. him. I yeah, mean, Adam and Eve right we, from the yeah, gate. I gave you everything. Lied to, <laughs> lied to you, lied on you. Yeah, right to your face directly. Yeah. Right, and, and, and the ultimate forgiveness. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. When we were working uh, or just talking pre pre podcast, uh, Alistair mentioned that the second question we've got here is can sal- can salvation be lost and why. Uh, he's like, that's that's an interesting question. But why why was that interesting to you? Uh, because it's the ultimate gift that was given to you. Mm-hmm. I mean, he literally died on the cross to be able to, to atone for all sin. And I believe that's sin that was already done before it is that he did that, but also any sin that may may uh, that we may do. And in the Bible, it says that we're all sinners, right? And there's nothing that we can do about that. Um, so that's why it was an interesting question to me, because whenever it talks about can salvation be lost? Well, unless it is, did you turn your back to God and say, I don't believe anymore. I don't believe it can be. I mean, we all get off track. We all do different stuff, but you could always, God always loves you. So you can always come back and say, all right, God, <laughs> I messed up, but uh, help me to be able to, 
to come back closer to you. And I think sometimes that journey back is, is the, the best part. With everything going on in the world today, what steps do you take to keep your mind focused on God? Oh, I love this. So I, I, I kind of put everything in two boxes, right? So it seems very simplistic, but it helps to keep me back to the balance. So there's things that I can't control is one box and then things that I can control, right? And I always use this as my litmus test. So if I'm stressing out about something or if I'm uh, worried about something, I put it in the two box. If it's things that I can't control, like things that are completely out of my control, is there anything that I can do, any steps that I can take to be able to change the situation? No. Mm -hmm. Then it's time to be able to turn that over to God, right? It's the time to be able to, to go in prayer in it. Um, like the situation that's going over on overseas with the, you know, the wars and everything else like that. There's nothing that I can physically do right now for that. Now, maybe I can give to a charitable organization or something. That's sure. stuff that I can control that falls yeah. in that box. But certain things that are out of my control. So I, just, I can pray for the people who it is that are there. I can pray for the leaders and everything else like that. But I can't focus a lot of my energy on that because there's so many things that I can control what's going on with my kids, what's going on with my family, what's going on with my businesses that I need to be in prayer about that stuff as much too. And so I, I put it in those two boxes and then I turn it over to prayer, the stuff that I can't control. And I, what is one thing that's going to make everything else easier on the things that I can't control? Like what's the one step that I can make in this moment? If I'm super stressed out, if a situation seems impossible. Okay. So what's one thing I could do right now that's going to make everything a little bit easier and then what's the next thing that I can do that's going to make everything a little bit easier? And that's kind of how I claw myself out of, you know, stressful situations. And that's that's worked for me over the last 10 years. Uh, and then implementing prayer into that and then leaning on prayer warriors and people who it is that I know that can pray with me. My prayer partner that does the the podcast with me, we, we meet every Tuesday, Thursday, and we just kind of put everything on the table and, and evaluate it. And, and that's kind of my process. Yeah. How do you protect yourself? Um from conforming to the thoughts and patterns of this world? Oh, I try not to put myself in situations that don't align with my core values, right? Right. Like, like you said, you go into the strip club or go into the bar. or no. go Are you dancing the, at the strip club? Or are I you... am. On Saturday nights, y'all go. can find me. Uh... <laughs> I mean, well, if, if you're making money, that's a whole different situation. But I'm just talking about like going. <laughs> oh, oh, just going. Yes. <laughs> no, but, uh, but like those are putting myself in situations where I might be tempted to do something that's outside of my character, mm. right? Um by the way, I'm book. <laughs> I'm, in, I'm in the last phase of writing my book. So, and that's why I talk about in one of the chapters of the book is that you could put yourself like, I know I love my frat brothers, but I know if I go to certain events and certain places with them, there's going to be a lot more temptation around than not. And as strong as I think I am, it's, it's funny how it is. The enemy works. He's going to find just the right thing, just the right place, just the right person, looks just the right way. Everybody's doing it. It's right. okay. Yes. Okay. Every, look, just, your boys, your boys are having fun. Yeah. Go have fun. Yeah. Yeah. You got salvation. You know, yeah. after this, you're going to go to church <laughs> on Sunday. So you'll be fine. You know what I mean? It's just all this stuff. stuff. But if you don't put yourself in those situations, like if I opt to go watch a movie with the family, if I opt to spend time, you know, building that balance of life versus going the other way, then you reduce those opportunities for the devil to top tip. And so when I'm going to do something, I say, is this a line where I'm going to listen to music or if I'm going to a concert, I'm like, is this a line with what's going to be able to, to build me? Or am I just doing this because it's the, the thing, the trendy or the popular thing to, to do. Yeah. My frat brothers are all going to this, this, uh, uh you know, <laughs> there's a big picnic that they like to be able to go to. I'm like, if I go to the, when am I going to get out of this? Besides the fact I can go spend time with them. We can go have brunch and have just as much of a good time as me putting myself in this situation where it might be risky and, and temptation. How do they, how do they 
uh, come back with that. Now Oops. that they're getting older, because I'm kind of one of the older ones of the group. Like I had kids first and everything else. Now that they're getting having kids and everything, they can see the value in that. Sometimes they were like, "Oh, you just don't want to hang out and spend time with us," or, "Oh, you know, oh, he's, he's gonna, locked down, we're, guys. We're he's not, locked yeah, down. We're not even gonna yeah. we're not even gonna invite him because we know he's either doing business or he's spending time with family, right? And they would look at that as a as a something that they didn't want. Now it's something yeah. that they do want. Mm-hmm. So it's fun. Our interactions are becoming more and more. Uh, mature. I don't want to say like we're old old guys anymore anymore, but <laughs> uh, y'all just, are still puppies. Yeah, we just we just celebrate twenty two years of from whenever it is that we cross. So uh, you know, we get, there's a lot of time in that twenty two years that everybody's had the chance to mature. So yes. Yeah. Hey, so why do you think that Jesus had to die for us to receive salvation? So it's, it's so fun because it's, it was a choice that he made. Like he made the ultimate sacrifice. I'm not he, sure I'm making that choice. He, just he lay knew on what the... was coming down the pipeline. And even all the way up to the end, he, he was like, really, God, are you sure? <laughs> that's yeah. what you want me to do? So that's why I said he's felt all the human emotions and he's gone through the whole. I think he almost had to go through that process. Uh, God, uh, he could have just smited everybody and said, we're going to start over. <laughs> you know. Instead, he chose to send his son to experience everything it is that we're experiencing. I think it is so he could understand it from a different perspective. Even though he's, you know, he understands everything, but now he sent his son and he had him sacrifice. He said, this is my ultimate sign of showing love and how much it is that I love you, is that I'm willing to be able to do this. So so I think he, he almost had to go through that process, but at the same time, he chose to go through that process. Anytime when he was being persecuted, anytime he could have just said, all of y'all are done. <laughs> like, yeah. He could have been like enough and just snapped his fingers and did like Thanos and just got rid of half. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like one of those type of things, but he did. He chose to be able to all the way through dying on the cross to go through it. That's, that's powerful in my mind. That's it's interesting powerful. that you brought up the feelings that he had to go through. Uh, yeah. Just, it, just to get an understanding, I don't know. Uh, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. he had to understand what we went through so that, you know, he can relate to us. Process like if he, if, he, if, yeah. if he did not go through that, then we're not able to relate with him maybe. I don't that, know. That, that's it. So I think it was more for us than it was for him. You know, God knowing everything and, and being everything. But for us, we can see it's almost like he said a template. You know what I mean? For how it is that we can overcome. And the scripture came from that. It came from his journey and him going through all of it to, to give us a blueprint of what it is that we need to be able to do. And it really, if you delve deep into it, it has the answers to any situation it is that we may go through and how it is that we give out. And I love that he always, with any temptation that comes, there's always an out. We may not like the out. We may not, at the time, we may ignore what that out is, but it's not like it is that he's throwing us into the fire without a way to be able to come out and a lot of times grow from that. Um, A lot of the different challenges I've been through has been the biggest stages of growth inside of my life. So, uh, you know, you appreciate it after it's over with. Not at the time, it's it's horrible. (laughs) But, But after you look back at it, you're like, man, without this wouldn't have came this, right? Right. Without this, I wouldn't have been able to realize that I needed God so much for this. You know what I mean? And and I think that's part of it, yeah. Strikers, let's uh, find out what this is after these messages. And uh, so we're going to go pay some bills. So we'll be right back. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. So you can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. 
We use Anchor for this podcast and our other podcast, The Weekend from A to Z. So if you're about to start a podcast, lift Anchor with Anchor FM and set sail on your new adventures. Hey, Strikers, we're back. We're back with Alistair Hunt with an E. How has uh, salvation changed, knowing that you you have that salvation, how has that changed the way that you go through life? Uh, so I've had a, a really uh, interesting journey when it comes to like church and my relationship with church. Uh, but, you know, having that, that base, that salvation, that faith base was the, the best gift that my parents could have exposed me to. Uh, even though I, I grew up in the church and grew up in, my mom was one of those, you know, church on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, and then Sunday right? <laughs> type of people. So youth group and youth practice and everything else. Um, whenever I went off to college, it kind of, you know, I, I was, I didn't have to, that structure. I didn't have to be in that structure anymore. And so even though I went to church, I didn't have that connection with God, that one-on-one spiritual connection that actually, uh, happened while I was in church after going through church hurt. And after a pastor putting so much, uh, you know, faith in a, in a man, a pastor, and then him disappointing me. And then I had to rediscover my one-on-one relationship with God, not through the church. Right. right? Uh, so going through that period of studying the Bible myself, studying God myself without having the support system of the church was one of the biggest growth. At the time, I looked at it as, you know, why am I going through this that way? But it was the biggest uh, period of growth when it comes to my salvation, my faith, in my it, life. You know, you bring that up, and we, I think we put, I think a lot of people put a lot of focus on the pastor of a church. Yeah. When I'm, I'm kind of a believer. It's like that's not his responsibility for my relationship with God. Yes, He's just kind of a supplemental kind of thing. Where if I'm not spending that time with God, then he he can't do that for me. Um, when you hear that, what are your, what are your thoughts there? Well, at the end of the day, he's still man, right? Right. Like he still puts on his pants one leg at a time, as my dad would say, right? He still goes through the same temptations that we did even more so because he's leading God's people. So devil's going to come at him even harder than anything else. This is why you hear about so much depression with pastors and so much suicide among pastors. If you think about the weight that they carry and a lot of times self put on themselves of having to lead this and that weight to be able to be perfect, uh, they have an outlet all of a sudden, you know, the enemy gives them an outlet that may not seem like it, it a pastor should ever take, but it's kind of like a relief to be able to control this one thing in your life and a life that's not out of your control. This is from talking to pastors. And this is the whole theme of my book is, is, Hey man, what's your purpose? So it's about guys that are amazing guys that do stuff outside of their character and why it is that they would do stuff outside of their character. One of the main people that I use is Martin Luther King, MLK, right? Mm -hmm. So you got this amazing guy who made all these amazing strides and everything else like that. But yet in the peak of him leading the civil rights movement, he commits adultery with his wife, right? And a lot of people don't know that. And when they put out the movie and and they exposed that, they were trying to cover it up and, you know, push it down because they didn't want to uh, taint what MLK is. But it made me like, okay, I need to, to delve into this. And you look at all these amazing, powerful men who have done stuff outside of what they're character is or what their core values you think would be and so why is that well whenever you get into that point where it is that you feel like you're pressured to go one direction the enemy tends to give you something that looks like it is as an outlet and if it is that you don't have that connection with god on two different levels your purpose here on the earth and your divine purpose which is connection with him if any of those are faulty it's very easy to be able to fall into those uh those categories right yeah 
kind of, uh, I sit here thinking when you're talking and when a pastor falls, does he lose salvation? Just kind of tying it back. No, no it no, doesn't. Does never. It? He never does. But it's, it's very easy for him to be able to feel so defeated um, that they spiral. AKA, you know, like you have suicide and all this different stuff. He felt like there was no other outlet for him. And there was that people weren't going to people weren't going to forgive him. And that was his purpose, his earthly purpose. God gave him a gift to speak, to lead people and to bring people to him. That's gone. He doesn't have that divine purpose, which is a connection with God. Then you can feel like it's the end. But when you have that divine purpose, so you could turn, it doesn't really matter what it is that you've gone through here on the earth because you still have that connection with him. And we tend to lose that. And, and, and one of the problems is, is that when people put pastors up on a pedestal, you got all these people that are, you know, for lack of a better word, worshiping what it is that you do. Mm-hmm. It's easy to get addicted. There's an adrenaline rush. It's danger. There's a, a connection that comes with that. And then all of a sudden you're talking about the word. You're speaking about the word, but you know on the back end you're not living that life. That's a horrible place to be. Uh, I talked to a pastor who was there. He's like, I knew I wasn't living what it is. He had to have a porn addiction. He said, I knew I wasn't living what it is I'm preaching about every single morning and everything else like that. And he's like, that dual life will kill you. It'll drain you, right? Because you, and you don't know how to get out of it because this is your outlet to all the stresses and all the pressures and everything else like that. And I was like, that's exactly what it is that, that my book is about. You have this dual life that you live because you're the football player. Football is everything. That's all been their whole entire life. And then you get injured and now you're taken out of what you thought you were here to do. If you don't have the other connection, the other side, that spiritual connection, it's easy to say my life is over. And, and then it turns into a spiral. You turn to drugs and everything else like that, trying to fill that void that was there. But look at Tebow, Tim Tebow, you know, football was over for him, but now he's done more to bring people to God than he ever could have been as a football player. Cause that was the next phase of his life. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, Sometimes yeah. God sets you up here so that way he can give you a platform for him to be able to do greater things. If you have that divine connection, you can see that if you don't, you say my life is over. Cause this is why I thought my life was about right. Tiger Woods, another good example yeah. of that as well. Right. Do you do you feel like you consciously put on the armor of God every morning? Have to, got to. If you and I know the days whenever it is I'm too busy and maybe I skimped on my my reading or I powered through it. You could feel the difference, right? Whenever it is that you're set up, and but you have to be aware of that. And every day is not going to be perfect. Whenever it is that you're going through it, um, but you can like whenever you listen to different music and you say something is off. You know, when something is off, that's when I know I need to go back to the yep. to the source and figure out where it is that it started. And most of the time, it's I'm not doing my spiritual development at the level that I need to be able to do it at, right? And so that that to me is putting on the armor. Yeah. You know, there was an article, there was a podcast I listened to, um, the guy that wrote SoulCon, Cody Bobe, and his part of the episode was uh, just titled if I was the enemy, here's how I would attack you. Mm. And it was actually really really interesting. Um, it was I mean, kind of geared. Soulcon was geared more for guys, but anyways, I mean, so he covered like a lot of different things. He would say like he, I think he started off and said in the first fifteen minutes of your day, he's like, "What do you normally do?" And he, he was talking to another guy. What do you normally do? Most people they pick up their phones, check text messages. I'm gonna look at emails. I'm gonna read news. He's like, "That's the most crucial time of your day. If you're if that's what you're doing, the very first fifteen minutes." He's like, "As the enemy, I'm gonna distract you every way I can. Absolutely. I'm gonna make sure porn is a push button away." Yep. I'm going to make sure that, you know, I will do I'll do everything within my basically that was his, the gist of what he was saying. I'm going to do everything within my power to keep you from talking to 
your commander, your to, to keep you from talking from God to God. So, and I mean, phones are great. You know, social media is fantastic for those, and you know, if you keep it in a way that's fantastic for you, and it's nice to have news at your fingertips. But if you're not spending the first, it doesn't have to be an hour, but if you're not at least spending a little bit of time with God, the first thing in the morning. Kind of like with you, you know, what we were talking about with music. Your day's off, and you can you can feel it when you didn't pray that morning versus when you did pray. One of my spiritual mentors said he put his Bible on top of his phone or his, and a Bible on top of his keyboard, so he knew to go to it first before he went <laughs> to anything like else. I was like, that's it doesn't have mm-hmm. to be physical Bible, but it, it sets you up where where you have to do. And he's also said that you receive stuff differently. Like you check your email first, and then you go to the Bible somebody sent that text or somebody posted that post or whatever else that puts your spirit in a different place and you receive the word differently than if you do it the opposite way around. Yep. Now that you put on the armor, you've read the word, then you can take that news, that post, that whatever a lot differently. And that, that really hit with me. I mean, it was like a light bulb that went off and I was like, gosh, the first thing that I do is I, I want to go to the Bible.com app, but there's also right next to it the email app, and there's <laughs> mm-hmm. also the text message that came through on my, <laughs> you know, on my shade that I read first because it has a, t- a subject that was I just could not press on, and then I go to my scripture and I'm still thinking about whatever was said because I got to figure out how I'm going to respond to it mm-hmm. or I'm going to deal with this issue. So are you really? And that's why I said I kind of sometimes I feel when I power through my because I know I have a busy day I, and I woke up late and I power through my my devotional. I can feel the difference, right? Versus whenever I'm saying, God, what is it that you have for me planned today? Like, what is it that you want me to do? Who is it that you want me to be able to impact today? The legacy part of, of my core values. You know, how can I, I be, have your light shine through me today is one of the things that I try and ask myself. Or when I'm off, I'm like, okay, so I'm doing this for me, but how can I do stuff for God? And that'll, that'll provide that balance for me. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah it does. And thank you for that uh that perspective because I'm going to have to change things up. I actually wake up and play a little bit of clash of clans. Uh, I play a oh, couple clash of clans guy. Yeah, I yeah. just found that game. That's the most addictive game yes, watch in out. the history of games. It's, it's ridiculous. Uh, man. I got to I got to I'm about to go cold turkey. man. I feel like it is. A- <laughs> it's been, I think I've, I think I've played it for 10 years now. And oh, what? Wow. Yeah. And, and I've also started up with clash of clans. Hmm. You know, you got Clash of Clans, and then uh, there's another one that's the same company, but it's you play one on one immediately, and it's it's like a chess game. Anyway, yeah, yeah. I say all that to say that I got to rethink things because my thought process was okay. I'm not quite awake yet, and I'm not gonna quite get what I'm wanting to, and I don't feel like reading right now, so I'm just gonna do some mindless stuff. But I like how I like how you said that whatever you put first could have an effect on how you what you receive from your study or from your time with God and what he's trying to tell you. It's a different perspective. If you start off with something other than him, I had, I had another fire and brimstone pastor to say it a different way. He said, you're basically telling God how, how you rank him in your life. Mm. I was like, God, that hurt. But, yeah, I mean, if you think about it, you're like, Clash of Clans is is more important than me. Like, 
uh, you know, so I had to, so anytime I need the, the you know, smack up the backside of the head, I think about that <laughs> versus, uh, you know, my spiritual mentor who put it a different way. But really it is, if you think about it, it's yeah, like, yeah. what's priority to me? It's the same thing when I talked about the balance of life. What's priority in my life? Tell me what you spend your time and money on and I'll tell you what's important to you. Ah, that's it. Tell me yeah, what yeah. you post on about social media the most and I'll tell you and what's, I'll important, tell you what's important to you. If Cats. you look through, I can, I can tell everything from scrolling through somebody's timeline. Yes. What's, 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 I've uh, said it before. <laughs> I've said it before. Before, I can listen. You could cut the whole interview process out if you just. Yes. Most people got guys, got people in general. Just be careful what you put on your social media. I, I, there was a radio show I was listening to a long time ago, and they were talking about, you know, this girl, I, I guess, had written in, and she was saying how, um, you know, she got denied for a job because of, you know, I don't whatever. She had a picture on her or Instagram or her social media, Facebook that was, you know, her partying with some friends. And. The employer was like, she had a great resume, great resume, um, nice background, knew what she was doing, very well qualified for the job. But then they pulled up her social media and they were looking like she parties every weekend. Is this who we want representing our company? Right. And what is that? Is that a gateway for something deeper? You know, that's going to be able to happen. The companies are investing. If they're paying you six figures, they're investing a lot of money into you. And they mm-hmm. want to know if their investment is going to play out. Especially now, we talked about the job market being so volatile and yeah. people are scavenging employees like crazy. So they want to know before I invest the training and everything else with you, are you going to be a viable candidate? Social media is a great it's, it's better than the interview process. Because anybody can fake a great interview. But I can see who you truly are and what you really think. But by by what by, you post uh, when nobody's looking, right? Not 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 at the company I work for now. The company before they actually had like they pulled. They asked me a question about my. They mentioned a picture of my so of my Instagram account, and I was like, "What? <laughs> what? Right. I mean, it was an innocent one, but I was still like, what? And I was like, "Oh, they do look at that." I teach my coaches all the time. I was like, "That is your business card and your billboard." For your business, whether you like it or not, and you could have two separate social media accounts. I heard somebody say, "Have a personal it. one and have yeah, anything is findable." Anything <laughs> you that you post yeah, can be found. It's, it's there, and it's forever, right? So- well, let me let me because this this is kind of funny, but I've been telling my kids, "Watch what you put out there because it's out on the internet and it's there forever." But then. I want to ask MySpace where are my pictures at. Right, but I pulled up. I pulled up my MySpace and my Black up, Planet account. And I was like, "Gosh, I can't believe it's still up oh, there." No. Right. <laughs> well, yeah, Crazy. I checked MySpace last week because of that. I saw that. I, I don't have it anymore. Oh, so you don't. No, I haven't it's, looked. It's, it's, not it's been. Even, it's been a couple years since I looked. It's canceled. Online. I mean, there's no. There is no my, more MySpace. But you MySpace. look at the young kids. I mean, they're looking at. <laughs> I had a. We had an intern that started, and he didn't even have Facebook installed. And had never posted anything on his Facebook account because wow. that's for older people, right? Oh. He made me feel bad. He's like, oh, well, I'll have to install the app and I'm going to have to, you know. And he came up and he's like, oh. and he literally people. had two posts on Facebook. I felt so old, right? Uh, but he but he lives on TikTok and IG is, is his uh, is playground. Mm-hmm. And I told him, I was like, okay, first thing we need to do is we need to go do a cleanup. Of, if you're going to be representing us, right? Is we need to go do a cleanup. Luckily, he was a soccer player, good kid. There wasn't a yeah. lot to be able to do. But my coaches, I'm telling them, I was like, you never know what's going on uh, that you later on in your life that that's going to come back and bite I you. I can tell you who you are by your Absolutely. by your fa- by your social media posts. Yeah. Your five friends and your social media posts. Watch out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where did you hear, first hear about the armor of God, and what did it? How did it speak to you at the beginning? My mom gave it to me when I was going off to college on a little like a printout. 
and I, I put it up inside of my my dorm room because I knew that all the temptations that were going to come, of course, with college, right? And the freedoms of college. Uh, but I don't even think I absorbed it then. It was just one of those things that I, I had heard about, and it, it was an awesome scripture, and I put it up. When I was going on starting to go speak at different places, one of my mentors sat me down and he said, let me tell you, whenever you're on stage, it's not even going to be you. It's what you represent. So you're out there speaking to these different persons and there's going to be ladies that see you and they want not you, but they want what you represent Mm -hmm. a good father, you know, and everything else like this because of who it is that you are and that will attract them. And they're going to try and get you off your path. And I was like, no, man, I love my wife. He's like, we all love our wives, but that doesn't mean that the the right to look, the right, you know, shape, everything it is that you like, the enemy is going to put in front of you. If you're not protected, if you don't have the armor on whenever you go into those situations, and if I didn't have this conversation with you before, it'll catch you off guard, right? And uh, it was the best conversation he could have had. And and then uh, Why Great Men Fail is, is one of the books that he had me read that talks exactly about that. And that's what turned me on to the concept of all these. And it was all about all the great men in in the world who had fallen to temptation because it is that they weren't prepared and that's where i really took on that whole putting on the armor i knew that i needed to be able to do that sure enough yeah there was lots of stuff there but i always look at what do i have to lose like in this one moment this one moment of taking this or drinking this or doing this all of this the ripple effect that it would have on the negative side uh, that would destroy my life is it worth that and that kind of helps keep me in balance Right. So have you noticed uh, where things have been removed out of your way? Like, yeah. For example, it's it's been interesting. I might have wanted to walk towards some temptation or walk towards something that I want to do. And then right when I get to it, it's like, hey, what'd you do? You know, like he's removed it out of my life because, well, one, I believe that the uh, the Lord's prayer that I pray every day, that that's part of it. He's like, OK, I'm going to remove this from this temptation because you are way too weak for this. Absolutely. Have you seen something like that in your yeah, life? Yeah, yeah, I, be- I believe so. I mean, it's almost like whenever you're eating healthy, you're more likely to continue to eat healthy. And when the temptation comes with that brownie, you're like, man, I've put in too much work and I've done too much to be able to eat that brownie. But whenever you're eating unhealthy, you're like, one more brownie doesn't make any difference because I've been eating brownies all week. You know what I mean? It's that type of thing. So, <laughs> huh. so whenever, <laughs> you know, or you know what? I've done I'll, so well. I'll take the cookie too. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> I've done so well that I can eat a whole it's that one cookie it doesn't ever hurt it's the whole thing of chips ahoy that really throws you off but you have to understand that if you have a food addiction right it's different between just being you know not trying to eat outside of health or if you have a food addiction there's certain things that you just can't do because you Mm -hmm. know it's going to be a trigger to lead you down more dr peppers Dr. Peppers is your trigger? Mm. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> Reese's. Reese's and Kit Kat. Oh, those, are, those are my. The big I have cups. a ratio. Two Kit Kats to one Reese's the when big, I was fluffy. The big cups. Right. Yeah. I can't even do the big cups. That was too much. It was just the king size and the king size. And that was enough for me. But big, it starts a pattern of, of going down the wrong way. So I almost got sidetracked there. You're talking big cups. But we'll, <laughs> no, no, we'll pull it back to salvation. Pull it back to... <laughs> Please save me, Lord. <laughs> the temptation and then getting out of the temptation as quickly yeah. as possible. Right, right. right, right. So do you feel like the – so I know we talked about the armor of God and we – I mean, do you feel like the helmet is a – on importance, where do you rank the helmet? Wow. It's, it's protecting your noggin. It's pretty up there. I mean, your chest plate would be the second most important thing. But if you think about it, like in the military, they're going for the headshots because they're going to take you out right away, right? Yeah. I mean, the chest shot, there's a chance that you might survive. But if if, if it gets in your head, then it's pretty pretty important, right? What do you? How do you see the correlation between the helmet and salvation? 
Wow, that's a that's a deep one, man. Uh, but if you think about mm, helmet and salvation, so I'm thinking of the brain, right? Yep. Like I'm thinking of the brain and what goes in your head and what you feed into your head, uh, being what controls everything, right? Mm-hmm. So so putting on the helmet, you're protecting the most important part of your your body. So when it comes to salvation, you know, being in the Word of God and having a relationship with God and having that connection with God, that would be aligned with the helmet for me, right? That it's would be protection of what goes in your protection of what goes in. What we've been talking about this whole entire yeah. time, like controlling what it is that that comes into to your body and to your mind, uh, is is one of the most important things that you can do. You know, when a motorcycle rider wears a helmet, it's because if something was to happen, he needs to protect. Everything else can heal, and you know, and but the the brain and the and the head that can mess everything up. Yeah. This is super deep, man. <laughs> I've been thinking about this for a while. All these questions. This is great. <laughs> I love it. No, I mean, because I, I had like a lot of uh, just little talking points, um, mainly with a lot of scripture. But, uh, you know, I pulled them off some websites and stuff like that. But, yeah, no, I, I think the helmet's actually really interesting only because, I mean, like you said, it protects your brain. So we got to just like, you know, you always hear like your body is your temple. Yeah. You know, and you have to watch what you put in. It goes the same way with your brain. You have to watch what you put in because doesn't the scripture say whatever the heart is full of, the mouth will come out of That's it? Yeah. Same thing. If your brain is full of trash and junk, what do you think is going to come out when stress is? Which is on your head, if it's listening to junk, trash, trash, and junk, what do you think is going to come out? If you're speaking a whole bunch of trash and negativity and junk, all of that. All affects not only your spirit but the spirit of the people, that and it are affects you, you physically too. too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I didn't even think of it that way, but the but the helmet protects all of that, right? Right. <laughs> Ears, nose, mm-hmm. eyes, because it does eyes. protect the eyes. Yeah. Uh, they have the shield that comes down yeah. and stuff. Interesting. Yeah. So all of that, yeah. you're, you're kind of in trouble <laughs> uh, without all of those. I hate being in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is uh, it's that time to wrap it up. Um, Alistair, one of the things we ask our guests is that you'd pray us out, so yeah. we'd appreciate that. But before then, uh, well, we got uh, what's next? We got Mark in the belt of tr- belt of truth, right? Is that next week? <laughs> yes, the belt of truth. Yes, the belt of truth. I can't know. I can't see that far away, but yeah, uh, Mark Zidel will be with us next week and. And uh, discussing the belt of truth and how that holds everything together. Uh, how do people uh, reach out to us? To find us, if you have questions or comments, feel free to email us at the might or sorry, excuse me, mighty anvil podcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram at mighty anvil podcast as well as Facebook. Um, if you want to listen to every single episode that we've got up, go to the mighty anvil.com. And that way you don't have to download any apps. All the apps, I mean, all the episodes are right there. Click of a button. Uh, every single season so far right on oh and uh for strikers uh just to kind of keep your heads up uh going back out to la dream center this year nice so we'll be uh, doing a little fundraiser for me to get out there and whatever you guys would like for me to focus on out there some prayers and i don't know we'll we'll start putting that together but do you have a date for that yet uh we do not okay. I, I think there is one but i'm not sure of what it is yet but okay. it's probably gonna be in june that All we'll right, be we heading out time. there okay Enjoyed it so much uh, last year, and uh, yeah, working with Embrace because of that direction. So yeah, have you uh, done any mission trips or anything like that? No, no, I haven't. Though this this whole uh, you know thing to Juba that they're doing is 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 really 
inspired me. But uh, no, no mission trips besides the local. I do a lot of stuff locally here uh, with different groups. But it's just starting to speak to my heart to to kind of expand out. So we'll see where that goes. Right on, right on. Anything else, Alan? Uh, nothing else for me. Alistair, take it away. Lord, we come to you just giving you honor and glory and praise because sometimes it's easy to come to you with what it is that we want, not recognizing all that you've done in our lives. So for both the blessings seen and unseen, we give you thanks, honor, and glory for that. But we also realize that we're just humans that are here trying to make it on this earth. So we ask for your spirit, your guidance, your um, the gift of discernment for us to be able to determine where it is that you want us to be able to go and how it is that you want our us to be able to follow your, your lead. We also ask that you allow your spirit to be able to work through us so that way we may impact and and to bring others to you uh, and for those of you who don't know you somehow for you to be able to show up in their life and let them know that you are the answer and that you are the one but all these things that we ask in your name amen amen, amen. all right strikers till next week we'll see you later